And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. Coming off the top of the cage, it is the Top of the Cage podcast. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant, Justin Juice Cannon. Hello, everyone. I am Juice. Yes, you are. And I am Bill, and this is Top of the Cage. Juice, we got a guest tonight that not too many people might have heard of, but if you are from the New England area, I think that you need to. From APW, a man who has a lot of great stories to tell, a man who honestly, you know, as much as he didn't think he has much to offer for Ingring advice, as we get into in the interview, I think that he has a lot of wisdom and knowledge about the wrestling world that plenty of wrestlers could, could take in. And tonight, we welcome on Big Gun Jim Sargent. Yeah, he's a very humble man. Uh, even just plan- planning this interview, you can tell he's a humble dude. And I mean, you got to wrestle with Brian Malonis and Dijak and a few other people, too, that like... Not many people get, can, can say that. Not many people in the APW Hall of Fame. APW, you know, it's changed a lot in the years. It's still going on, and it's a big reason is is because of him. I know he would never admit that, but it is. You know, it's it's important to recognize him. And APW is really hitting the stride right now that they haven't seen before. Getting like people that they've never been able to get, and just having great shows more consistently, and just they're doing a great job. You know. We focus a lot on chaotic. I think there's lots to offer in the New England area. Like, uh, there's Limitless, there's Beyond, which we've talked about. There's New England Wrestling. There's so many others. Top Rope Promotions. There's so many great wrestling around New England. We're very lucky. And it's just impossible to follow it all. But try. <laughs> yeah, after our talk with Big Gun tonight, I for sure am going to be checking out APW. And like I said at some point in the interview too, um, the history of it seems like it has a rich history. And um, I love learning about wrestling. So uh, we want you to learn about our guest tonight. He is quite the guy. And again, he is Big Gun Jim Sargent. <laughs> up everybody we this is juice joined by my co-host bill and again we are interviewing we're interviewing atlantic pro wrestling uh manager and former legend big gun jim Sargent. what's up man how you doing how's it going brother it's going good it's going good how's your day going it's going man long long days nowadays but uh i'm about ready for summer i don't know about you guys yeah, I'm sick of all the snow. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even had that much, but I'm still already sick of it. Yeah, I know. It's only snowed like three times, and I'm just done. <laughs> I'm only two weeks removed from a damn Caribbean cruise, so I came back to all this shit. It just makes it all worse. <laughs> all right, Big Gun. So one of the first things I feel like everybody knows about you, besides your size, 
is the mask. So we haven't had, uh, actually, I think you are our first masked wrestler that we've done an interview with. So I've never gotten the opportunity to ask this. What is it like to wrestle with a mask on? Well, a little history behind the mask. So I originally started wearing the mask because um, uh, I was working as a, in the same town that we were doing our shows in. I was working as a, a new police officer and I was pretty active and I didn't want the same bad people that I was block a lot of them would come to the shows and I didn't want them to see me and then so that's kind of where the mask came from the idea for it um the patriot at the time was still fairly new at the time wasn't super well known and uh, I had a little bit different version than I have now it was a half blue half red and white and a little bit different but it just fit the character and uh to break into the business, you know, doing promos and things like that, you feel a little silly anyway, being out there. So this kind of helped hide behind it a little bit. When I, when I, when I was training, my uh, trainer at the time, Knuckles Nelson, he was my trainer for the first year. He actually suggested that I train with it on to get used to being able to breathe in it and that sort of thing. And it actually helped quite a bit. But the problem with that is I used to wear glasses, not contacts. So the first five years I wrestled with the mask, I couldn't see anything. I just got used to that, but that's just how it was. Um, but now I'm used to it. Um, it. It is a little restrictive at times trying to breathe. It, it's just become such a big part of the character. I tried my own design over the years to come up with something different because I hated the fact that I stole somebody else's idea. But I did get lucky about six months before he passed. I actually spoke online with Del Wilkes and because um, I was I was making a new mask at the time. I just for shits and giggles, sent them an instant message. He actually got back to me. I sent him the photos of what I was making. He loved it. He blessed the idea. He said it was a great idea. He was he was like, you know, hey, I appreciate it. You know, keeps me going. So now that I got that, I actually felt a lot better about wearing his design. You know, I made a few, you know, tweaks, so it's not exactly his, but that's kind of the, the whole thing behind the mask. And then it's just become such a big part of the character. You know, I can't lose it at this point. You guys do a few, have done a few shows outside too. Does it get hot too, like wrestling? It, it, oh, it, does. it gets hot uh, in the material. It's basically spandex and then like a thicker um, layer inside. But what that layer inside does, it just, it keeps the sweat. So after every show, anyway, I have to wash it. But an outside show, like in the summer, like Yankee Homecoming a few years ago, I could wring it out. It was so wet from sweat and it just stinks. You know, some guys, there's guys in the business and I'm sure you'll talk to them over the course of you doing your podcast, but some guys don't wash their gear. I don't know how I have to wash all my stuff in this. You can't wash in a machine. You got to soak it in the sink, you know, and then just kind of hang dry. I have like 10, uh, those styrofoam heads that I just put it on to dry. But if I didn't, the next time I put it on at the next show, oh, it's it, it's bad. It's a bad stink if you don't watch it. So, because I'm bald underneath this, so that doesn't help. Have you ever had a guy just say, big gun, that smells, brother. I don't know if I can do it tonight. <laughs> no, no, because one of the first things I was told was always wash your ass before a match. Never go in stinky and wash your gear i was told that from day one so i never i always go in smelling life right from the laundry that's always me <laughs> too many bad stories of you know funk in the ring 
Do you have any stories of like one that just sticks out in your mind? In particular, this guy, Bull Moose, uh, he recently passed away, but he wrestled up in Maine. And, um, myself and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Freight Train Dan, had the opportunity to um, tag team him in a handicap match. And within five feet of him, he smelled like he just came in from the, from, you know, milking the cows. And, uh, you know, he sits on you, your face is right in his nuts. It was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. He's the one off the top of my head I can think of. I'm sure other guys would agree with me if they wrestled, ever wrestled him. That's funny. That's just gross. Just the smell of yeah. it. <laughs> I get sick just thinking about it. <laughs> so going back to kind of just, we talked about where the design of the mask came from. Now, do you make the mask yourself or do you have um, somebody you work with to make the mask? Uh, I use high spots. Okay. Yeah, I use high spots. The original one I, I ordered was just a, you know, Patriot Pro mask that they had the colors that I liked. And then when I changed to the darker color, I tweaked up some, you because you can pick an already created design and then mess with the colors. That's what I did for this one. I actually have a, the newest one I did. I, I created my own. It's a half black, half blue. Uh, if you can see that. And then with the blue stars on top. That was my um, retirement mask. That's basically the APW colors is why I designed it that way. And then I have one other one that's just uh, all red with a blue top kind of thing. So I've just kind of changed it out over the years. And then I have a couple other designs that I've thought about over the years and stuff. And uh, High Spots can pretty much do anything you want. I, I, so I've never heard of High Spot. Is that like a, a common one? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's you know guys say it's cheap gear but they do everything i mean they have not only because they have a section for fans you know so you can get t-shirts and pictures and all that stuff they have a section for wrestles where you can order boots and they're, they're like plain jane like cheap boots but they do masks and they do robes they do whatever pretty much and i'm sure they have their vendors that they use but you can you know there's all kinds of there's videos anything you can think of you can order on highspots.com and uh it's like all wrestling and, and, any, and from every era and every company. So they've been good to me. They've, they've always been, they've always fixed things. Like this mask here actually got screwed up and the guy fixed it and like Rush ordered it to me because he messed up one of the designs that I asked for. Wow. And he fixed it for me, like no charge. Wow. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've, we've talked to so many wrestlers at this point that we've never really gotten too deep into talking about gear or talking about where it comes from. So it's always just so fascinating to me as somebody from the outside to just hear how people get their gear and where it comes from. And Well, I never wore tights. That was always the ongoing joke. Oh, you're wrestling. You must wear tights. No, I don't wear tights. I actually always wore military pants and boots and, uh, you know, my own, I always designed my own shirts over the years and stuff. So, um, yeah, so I never wore tights. Underneath, different story, but that's a whole story for another, you know, another day. Well, we won't be asking you what was underneath the tights, at least, at least today. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we talked about the mask, but another thing I think we definitely got to talk about is. Um, you got you got old school badass name like uh, I know my buddy Timmy told me about you and uh, Big Gun Jim Sergeant. I'm like that's a badass like old school, '80s WCW or WWF name names now are a lot more basic. What do you think of that change? Is it for the better or for the worse? I think it's for the worse. I miss this cool name. 
I think it's for the worse. Like guys just using their own name. I I, I get it. Um, but then the fact that like say WWE trademarks somebody's real name, it that that just doesn't make sense to me. And I've always been of the mindset that like wrestling, you know, the guys should be larger than life. And that with that comes, you know, the over the top names and the, you know, things like the mask or like, you know, Flair's robe, you know, just from the get go, it's just larger than life. So, and I, with the name, I always liked those characters that had the name before the name, you know, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Iron Mike Tyson, uh, you know, lethal weapon, Steve Black. I was, I always liked that. And, uh, I kind of created the character before the name. I kind of put the car before the horse, but um, Big Gun is just a song by ACDC. It's not on any one of their ACDC albums. It's on a soundtrack for a movie. And I'm a huge ACDC fan. The song, I just, the way the song just starts and the way it grabs you, I just, I was, so I kind of liked the song. I said, hey, Big Gun, that's actually a pretty good name. So then it just kind of stuck from there. I just threw it all together. But for the most part, that's been my song. At the beginning, most of my career, you know, I took a couple of turns throughout the career, but then, uh, and then at the end, it's definitely a good one. I know a few, what a few others that you used. Uh, I turned heel for a short time, and I was using um, Five Finger Death Punch. Um, uh, Christ, what the hell's the name of it? Um, Bad Company. Bad Company. Yeah, thanks. We were part of a group called The Organization with Brandon Webb, and it was kind of a dark you know, devil worshippers kind of thing. So, you know, we were all black and everybody said, oh, you should have used Dirty Deeds. It would have been a perfect song and it would have been, you know, words wise. But I wanted a slower, darker kind of sound. I kind of went with that instead. And then I tried a couple other, I tried to update the look a little bit, you know, after that and kicked around with some ideas, but then ultimately came back um, to Big Gun. And then now it's, um, the music hits, at least in APW, the music hits, everybody knows who it's, who's coming. And so it actually works out for the better. So speaking of APW, I mean, anybody who knows you and your style of wrestling and your career, I mean, you know, you guys are synonymous with each other, you and APW. Are you in APW management, right? Um, right now they're going through a lot of changes. Um, they just had an, an ownership change. And um, a lot of things are up in the air, but um, I'm still in very close contact with them. You know, before coming on the show, you know, I was talking to them even about other things and they're making decisions. They're going to, they don't really, I think, know how to use me just quite yet. You know, we were, I was doing the enforcer type role where I was kind of like a commissioner, but not with the title, but I could go hands on if need be. And that kind of fizzled out. So I think they're just trying to, you know, take a step back, regroup and, and see where we go, you know, with the beginning of this new year. So time will tell. Yes, we are too. I mean, we're, we're from the area where APW runs and I personally have never gone to an APW show, but I mean, I, I'm aware of it. I feel like there's no reason for me to have not at least gone to one show at this point. Well, March 19th is your first opportunity. <laughs> I, I will definitely make note of that. That'll be a Saturday too. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I guess since we're, since we're on the topic about running shows and stuff like that too, does APW have any kind of home talent right now that you have your eye on, think that people should be watching out for? You mean going mainstream and like big time? Just even, you know, just people you might even see on like AEW Dark or something like that too. 
Yeah, well, right now, uh, there's a guy that was, he, he certainly wasn't an APW original, but he's been with us for quite a while. Uh, Jora Joel, formerly known as Robo, the Punjabi Lion. He's actually been on AEW Dark a few times. And um, we've been calling that for years. That he was going to make it somewhere. We have such a stacked roster that really at any given moment, you can see any of them on NXT or AEW Dark or any Ring of Honor. If that comes back, you know, Impact, any of them. Nico Silva, he's the guy that bounces around New England. His name's always at the top of the list. Vern Vicalo has been a, a mainstay of ours forever. He can do anything in the ring. You know, the list goes on and on. Um, and even some of the females that we have, you know, we have some newer females coming in now, some new faces. And then some of the young guys, you know, Tyler Nitro, um, Kylon King, some of these guys come up with some shows. I wouldn't be surprised to turn on the TV any given night and see those guys on there. They're just that good. And the, the front office is doing all the right moves to bring in all the right people at the right time. So it wouldn't surprise me to see any of them take off. Uh, George, the guy I'm, I'm a little familiar with. Um, yeah. I know yeah. he's shown up wrestling open a few times. You have mentioned Dark, and I saw him a couple times. I'm mainly yeah. familiar with Beyond stuff with him, but um, he's really talented. I know there's a guy that I really been needed to – I want to see live, uh, Elia Markopoulos, who's like one of your champs. Yep, yep, he's a heavyweight champion. He's he's really good. He, he, you love to hate him. He, he does everything right, and uh, I'm not a – I'm a, I'm a big fan of his work, not a big fan of his of his antics, but um, he, he, that means he's doing something right. So, yeah, he's a, he's one of the good ones. Definitely, definitely a show I've been meaning to. And, I mean, this is going to come out after the show I'm about to mention. But, uh, you know, APW has one a couple of days from when we're recording. I plan on going to that. Hopefully that'll be my first APW show, and I can finally see – and I don't think Elias is going to be there, but uh, or another guy, Owen. That one to see, but oh, and Brody, yeah, yeah, Brody is not going to be there, but Jorah will. Uh, a long list, a lot of people I'm excited to see that I haven't seen. Yeah, there's, there's another guy too, our New England champion, Randy Rivera. He's another guy you want to keep an eye on. In fact, right after this February show, um, he's going to be touring in England for several almost a month. He's going to be over there, um, as the APW champion if he can make it through this, you know, next show. He'll be over there carrying the APW banner, so to speak. And um, he's a young guy that we have a lot of faith in, and he looks really good, has the look, has the work ethic, and, you know, expecting big things out of him. So I follow Randy a little bit because I know he's shown up in Chaotic a few times. Yeah. Uh, I think he might trained at New England for Wrestling Academy. Yeah. Now I'm that I didn't, I didn't realize he won a title at, a, I know he shows up there. I didn't know he was a champ. I think it was the uh, must have been the January show. Plus, um, I think yeah, it was recent anyway. I know that because he's only been on a handful of shows. I think his first show was October, maybe. So it was relatively, you know, not too long ago. So yeah, he's an impressive athlete, though. I know me and uh, Billy actually went to watch a New England Pro Wrestling Academy class once, and he was actually like there and training the class. He's just doing like a bunch of moon salts, like ten in a row after class. And- Jumping, doing flips like repeatedly, nonstop, and like landing kind of bad, but he keeps doing it. I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy's tough, and he's extremely athletic and got cardio for days. <laughs> yeah, he just seems to float through the air. Those days are long gone for me. <laughs> I don't think they were ever there for me, to be honest. But now with that kid, uh, he really, he just seems to float. 
on how he does it. Keep it on the topic of the young talent within APW. I mean, I would imagine that you are a veteran presence in that locker room. Um, is there like a piece of advice where if a young guy were to come up to you and ask for a piece of advice that you always would give? As far as match content, probably not. I'm, I'll be the first to say that as far as in-ring performance, you know, there's guys that can wrestle circles around me. And um, I'm more of the be safe, you know, hone your craft, work your character. I'm more of a character development kind of guy in, in that aspect. Um, you know, certainly I'll watch matches, but I'm not going to see things that, say, a stiff Mike would see or a Kingpin Brian Malonis would see. I'm looking at it from a character standpoint and how they interact with the fans and that sort of thing. A lot of people don't seek me out, but I, I'll go to them and, you know, pick on those things that I see. You know, hey, maybe, you know, suggest this or try this, you know, with the fans next time you know, heel or face. I don't have a lot of experience as a heel. You know, I do, like I said, I said that one year. If they come and talk to me, it's, you know, I'm cer it's certainly not for match advice and uh, match content. So that might, well, people that know me, that shouldn't come as a surprise, but. Oh, don't, don't bury yourself like that. I mean, your character work is definitely up there. Oh, the character, oh, yeah, the character does work. And in, in, in the, and the premise has always been just be in the fight. And that's all it's ever been is, you know, I'm in the battle. It's going to be a battle every time, but you're not going to see me chain wrestling and you're not going to see me, you know, doing all these scientific moves. It's just, it's just not me. You know, you wouldn't do it on the street. So why do it in the ring? <laughs> so that's the way I look at it. I like that philosophy, actually. That's like a very, I know we were talking about kind of, you have the old school badass wrestling name, but I like, I like that. I mean, Juice, Justin can tell you this too. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of big wrestlers. I love seeing those big meaty men slapping meat, as they say. You know, that style of wrestling is right up my alley. I know you were talking about how you don't really do any crazy moves, but was there like one move in professional wrestling that like is just fun to give out, even if it's just like a chop or a suplex or anything like that? Uh, for me, it's always been the leg drop. So I'm a big Hulk Hogan mark. Everybody knows that. It's not a secret. But when I first started, I, I was wrestling. I was a legit about 245 pounds. So I was, a, I was smaller. And then towards the end, I was about 320. So maybe even a little bit heavier. A leg drop was, you know, my homage to, you know, Hogan. But I started doing it from the second rope. And um, there was a time when, when I had lost a bunch of weight and I was feeling more active in the ring later in my career. And we were put in a situation in some tag teams where we didn't fit that in. I said, guys, I, I, you know, I'll let you guys do whatever, but I need my spot. And that was always my spot. That was always my exclamation point on the match, you know, to come flying through the air across the ring and land on somebody's head. Um, that was always the one that was the holy shit moment of somebody watching that, like, oh, he just killed this guy. And that's, you know, that's what I was always looking for. You mentioned, mentioned Love of Hulk, and you mentioned actually earlier uh, the kingpin, Brian Malonis, who we also know is a big fan of Hulk. Um, I know you've worked a little bit with him, right? Yeah, we've, we've had a couple of matches together early on. We had, a, we had a, up in Maine, we worked with Tony Atlas quite a bit. We were always on the same card. We had a tag match against each other, and then we had a singles match. I don't even remember the promotion. It was somewhere out near Worcester, and it was a, pretty much a squash match, um, him over on me. 
I've always had the, you know, very much respect for him because of as a big guy, a lot of people would let that hold him back and he never did. And I always respected that with him. And he's always one to, to give advice and give feedback to younger guys. And as big as he got all the way up to ring of honor, you, you would never know it by talking to him in the locker room. And he's always been a really good friend to me in the locker room. And, you know, I respect him. I, I would assume there's a mutual respect there, but whenever we do see each other, it's always cordial. And he's always been, uh, you know, really good to me. And I'm super proud of the, where he's gone with it and been able to do it, you know, as a big guy and not let that hold him back. It must've been cool to be able to work in the ring with a guy like that, that got to level and, you know, he's still, still in there too, working, working at a high level and got, getting the ring honor. And you also got to work with Dijak too. It's, you know, he's on TV. I did get to work with Dijak. We actually had a pretty good program for a while, uh, you know, because he broke in as a as the you know Yugoslavian monster or whatever it was and attacked me, and we had a couple of matches and uh, you know a couple of full matches, a couple of tag matches. We had that flag on a pole match at Yankee Homecoming, and I think it's super cool now that I can say, hey, that guy on Monday Night Raw, I've wrestled that guy. Anybody that's in the big time now, you know, I love to be able to say that. Just you know, I never fared so well against him. The guy is strong as an ox. I mean, he threw me around like a rag doll. And, you know, we had one show that was a benefit show where every body slam was like 20 bucks for the benefit or something. So every match had a shit ton of uh, body slams. And I wrestled him that night. And he's so tall. He's like six, seven or whatever. And I'm about 5'11 with boots. So trying to body slam somebody that tall was just awkward. You know, I had to slam him like six or seven times and vice versa. He was always great to work with, but he's another one that never let the big time go to his head. You know, every once in a while, I'll see something on Facebook. He might post something on his on his personal page and, you know, I'll respond just to be nice. And he, he's always good to get back to you. And he never like big leagues anybody that I, that I know. You know, he doesn't have to get back to, you know, the little guys like me, but he always does take the time. And it's always cool to see guys that don't forget where they came from. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I really hope that they uh, give him his name back. Yeah. And yeah. really push him because he's so good in the ring. And also, like, he just seems like I'm, I'm never going to meet him, but he seems like a great dude. And like you said, he hasn't forgotten his roots because I still see pictures of him, like, at Chaotic training the kids there and training them, like, coming come to shows. I think during the holidays, he was just, like, watching the APW or, like, um, the rest, like, Beyond shows, just, like – in the yep. crowd just casually yep. yep it's cool to see that, that that they go back you know to their roots and still go to the schools and things like that like joe joel was just up at next gen uh wrestling school just this week and uh helping out with that class and stuff and you know i know he at the last show we talked he, he's he's flying quite a bit because aew has him going everywhere you know for him to take the time to do a class like that that's pretty cool I just want to bring it back to APW real quick. Just, um, just something I wanted to touch on. So you're talking about, you know, that mask being for your retirement match. How did you come to the decision of retiring? And was it a tough thing to, to get there? So I wrestled for pretty much 20 years. I'm 50 years old. Matches 
for me would take a week to get over and to heal from. And, um, you know, I, I worked through some knee issues, some back issues, but you can never completely walk away from it. It just, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I wanted to stay involved. I was working through a knee injury that looked like it was going to be the end of my career and it was going that way. But then when I found, uh, we found Jake, uh, who ended up being Jake Sargent, we started working together. I started feeling better. And, it, and instead of, you know, this is it, we formed that tag team. And it was kind of like a new lease on life for me because I had a young kid that could do all a lot of the stuff in the ring and I could still do my part, you know, took some of the load off. And then, you know, he ultimately did what he did to me. And uh, it just made sense to do a one-on-one with him and, you know, where do I, where would else would I go after that? You know, it's, this kid has my, you know, namesake, the mask, and I'm going to fight like hell to get that mask back. And what better way to go out <laughs> than to kick his ass and take my mask back. That's, that's definitely something, you know, I feel like I, I really respect about a lot of wrestlers once they get older, especially ones that really uh, are willing to put over new talent and willing to put over the guys who are kind of going to be taking on the legacy and the reins from them. So uh, it's, it's yeah. pretty cool to hear that you were able to do something like that. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was uh, that day of that last match leading up to the match with Jake. I mean, that was, that was about four months of a buildup to that. And the day of the show, you know, we show up at the arena. We always have the pre-match meetings and stuff. And we had a lot, a lot of extra people there for some reason that I forget why, but Anthony green guys had come back. There was a lot of like other names that were there that I had, you know, been on shows with and we're all friendly and everything. And, um, so they made the announcement that, you know, this is big guns last match. The early incarnation of APW was called wrestling star Wars. And one of the things that, it never, it didn't bother me per se, but I was the last wrestling Star Wars heavyweight champion before they closed. And then they became APW, but they would never acknowledge that title run. So I had the New England title at one point, tag team title on two opportunities, um, but I wasn't considered a triple crown champion. There's only two triple crown champions in APW, and that's Demon Ortiz and Todd Sopel. Hey, I, I'm cool with it being guys like that. You know, I know what I did. So at that pre-match meeting the uh the owners mike morse and, and joe moke at the time you know gave a little speech and they actually gave me the old apw heavyweight title as a symbol of we're now going to recognize you as you know an apw heavyweight champion and, and a triple crown champion kind of thing and i thought that was the greatest thing ever that they did that they didn't have to do that i still have the belt at the house to this day i'm actually going to get it restored and brought back to you know new but um and then later that night i'm in the ring and they start a announcement about having a special guest referee and hunter ward was the guest referee at the time but he was going to have a special enforcer and he says you know this guy's in new england hall of fame new england pro wrestling hall of famer so i'm thinking demon ortiz because he hadn't been there in a few months and then he says three-time nwa world tag team champion i knew then it was knuckles nelson now, I hadn't seen Knuckles in 10 years, and we had a huge falling out and everything. I had no idea. But that was that sent, like, that gave me goosebumps to see him come down. Now I'm like, Jesus Christ, my career started with this guy. Now it's going to end with this guy. He comes out, salutes me. Now I'm on, like, cloud nine. We have the match. It goes, it goes over pretty well. You know, we missed a couple of things. I wish we 
looking back, I wish we could have done more with the all the tools we brought out because we had a trash can full of stuff that we never really used. And then uh, at the end of the match, Mike Morse and um, Hunter Ward come down and they do the whole Hall of Fame thing. And I'm like, this is just one big, I wasn't expecting any of it. It was all a surprise. How they kept it a secret, I have no idea. But that was a, 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 a perfect night, a, a nice ending to a, a career. And then, you know, I'm kind of semi-retired now, but that's a nice, a nice way that they sent me out. I haven't expressed how that whole day went really to, in any, any sitting of any interview. So I've, I've never expressed how that whole day was kind of put together and from, you know, morning to night. So that was uh, one, one cool day in the history of Big Gun. I, for one, think that the legacy and the history of Big Gun is going to continue much further than you, than you yourself might, honestly. Um, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure to be able to, to take the time and, uh, you know, really talk to you and get to know you. And, you know, definitely after having conversations with you, I'm for sure going to learn a lot more about APW and the history about it. It's good to hear. It's a, one of the best companies in New England today. And um, we're, we're, we offer a lot and uh, we want to just get that word out there and keep going, shooting for the stars. All right, Big Gun. Well, with the last few minutes of our podcast, we like to let our guests, um, you know, plug, promote anything they have going on, you know, be it, um, you know, shows that they're working with or for any social media stuff. So, um, you know, if you have anything you want to tell people right now, the floor is yours. I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you guys having me on. It, uh, you know, means a lot. It was good to chat with you guys tonight. Um, Atlantic Pro Wrestling, our next show, uh, after the uh, airing of this podcast is going to be March 19th at the New Report Elks on Low Street, New Report, Massachusetts. And uh, they're still putting the card together. But right now, uh, our heavyweight champion, Elia Markopoulos, is going to be defending against the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Um, Brian's making his return to APW that night. And that that match right there is worth the price of admission. So it's going to be a uh, – they're already throwing some names in there. Um they're just still putting the finding, you know, final touches on the card, but um, that's a six o'clock uh, start with a six thirty bell time, and uh, you can get your tickets uh, on our Facebook page as a link to get tickets online. You can get front row tickets. I think there's still some available, and um, it's going to be a one hell of a show. So don't miss it. We won't, because that's the match I want to see. <laughs> Someone has said I want to see Elia. Seeing the Kingpin, who was a former guest and a guy I'm a big fan of, definitely want to see that match. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'm probably going to be at that show. I'm trying to make arrangements to get to the February one, but I'm definitely going to be at the March show in some form or another. Awesome. We can't wait for it. We'll definitely get to meet face to face. Yes, I, I for one, would definitely love that. All right, Big Gun. Well, thank you again for your time tonight. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Take it easy, man. And again, thank you so much to Big Gun. I love that interview. I think that it was so fun to get to know a guy who has worked in the wrestling world for 20 plus years, you know, in his 50s now. I will say, even though the mask was hiding some of his best features, he looked good for 50. I mean, the mask is cool too. Looks good on or off. Doesn't matter. You do either or. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the mask though. Like, that's our first mask wrestler. 
I think it was interesting, like the story he was telling about how you have to wash it and how it can like smell bad. And, you know, I like you never really think about that. But like, you know, like people always say like, oh, like washing your gym clothes and stuff. And like, if you don't wash your gym clothes, they get super stinky. And like, I've definitely smelled stinky gym clothes before. But like coming from a wrestler, I can only imagine what that smells like. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, one of the first, one of the first things I think about when I'm watching wrestling, like a long match and like they're sweating or stuff and bloody is, yeah, that must smell so bad. <laughs> like I was watching like Lance Archer versus uh, Hangman a couple of weeks ago from this, when this came out. And um, I'm just like, oh, they're all bloody and sweaty, dude. <laughs> Trunks probably stink. <laughs> Regardless. Big Gun was a great guest to have on. I'd love to have him back, talk more about APW, more about his career overall. We didn't even really get into a lot of his opponents. I mean, yeah, we talked about where he came from, some of his best opponents, his favorite opponents, um, you know, working with guys like Dijak and Malonis. But, you know, he, 20 plus years in the business, there's got to be some great stories that he didn't tell us. So I am definitely excited to hear more about them. And you guys should make sure you're checking out APW check out their show that's going on in Newburyport, Massachusetts at the Newburyport Elks Club on March 19th. For our fans that aren't New England-based, which I know a few of you are, APW doesn't really stream or, um, or as of yet, but when they do, we'll tell you. I, I think they'll get to that point. I think with new ownership, it seems like they're trying to be more trendy and like, be more social media savvy like they are getting active on there and i think they will maybe like at least get twitch or you know do some stuff because a lot of these new england the new england pro promotions are just starting to get in that direction and i think apw will too because um they are in the come up and i'm not just saying that like these they have plenty of talent like guys i haven't seen yet and guys like george all that we talked about in this interview that is very very talented and uh, a lot of our chaotic people that we like, like Chin, Lavangi, Randy Rivera, Armand Chaos, they show up there too. Uh, APW's got a lot to offer. Uh, as we said for the ninth, that's the time. You can drink every time you say that if you want. <laughs> Take a shot. Yep, and that just gives us another list too. As we're putting ourselves over, we might as well put ourselves over for the end of the episode. So Juice, where can the people find us on social media? Twitter, it's capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. Instagram, it's the same thing, T-O-T-C underscore pod, P-O-D, but um, it's it's lowercase because they don't like capital letters on Instagram. It's not allowed. And remember, um, make sure you guys are leaving us five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify. Spotify has reviews now. And if you don't leave us a five-star review, we will not give you five-star content. You specifically, the person who did not give us five stars. Yeah, and I'll cry. And Juice will cry. And as we come crashing down to the map, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we hope to catch you next time.